Hello friends, welcome to Find Your Career Calling podcast dedicated to helping you find your next step outside of university by learning about different roles in different industries from the professionals themselves. So in this episode, I have Anna Fraser, who is a user researcher. Previously, she has worked for the Home Office and Social Finance. And well, she'll probably going to do a better job at explaining what user research does to you. So I'll leave it to you, Anna. Okay, yes. So... Good, good question. What does user research do? Um, I think there's a couple of ways of answering this. And I think the first is kind of what the textbook definition of user research does. And that is um, understanding the users of a product or service, whether that's current or future, um, understanding their needs and their contexts um, so that you can build things that actually make sense to them and are mm. useful and value to their lives. Um, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, I think the kind of the other way of coming at it is like what what does it actually involve and it involves a lot of um, talking to people understanding their needs and lots of different methods Um, so there's kind of the concept of quant user research and qualitative user research um, and both have their merits and actually a huge part of the job as well is um, kind of advocating for user research because it's not a field um, or a profession that lots of people have exposure to or understand that well um and in kind of um i guess product or development environments it's often the thing that people feel holds um holds the process back because it can be time consuming it yeah. can be expensive and it often contradicts contradicts what senior management want to do as well um, for example somebody might have a vision for a product and that stands in complete contradiction to um actually whether users would find it helpful or not mm-hmm. so um yeah i guess that would be the way i would describe it and how long have you been a user researcher and what brought you to this rather specialized role yeah really good question so I um have been a user researcher I mean it just depends how we define that um so I did a degree and as part of my so I did a master's degree in human computer interaction as part of that I did user research and that was 2017 to 2018 um graduated in September 2018 and have been a user researcher since then so I guess a couple of years coming up on a couple of years now yeah. um yeah and I actually came across Anna because I was at the time looking at HCI with City. Um, what prompted you to pursue a master's in HCI? Yeah, so I um, I had been doing marketing. So my first degree was English, literature and French, which was definitely one of those. I'm good at it at school. Um, I enjoy it. So I'll go and do it at university. And there's definitely merit in doing that. Um, mm. I would I think, you know, it's always a good basis to, to choose yeah. a degree on. But I did find myself um, getting towards the end of my degree thinking, OK, what practical st- skills do I have? And I thought I have kind of language manipulation skills and I've done some film as well as part of my degree so I kind of had some visual media as well and that I felt put me in a good place to do marketing yeah I've done a couple of internships around that um which were really awesome um and then I had a job in marketing a brilliant company called Pickfair and they're a fair trade stock image library um organization and that was great and then from then I moved to a marketing agency um and about six months into that I kind of got to a place where I thought you know what I can totally see the merit in marketing and 
um, can see how it's a brilliant career fit for lots of people but for me it felt like reverse engineering problems mm. or um, coming at coming at problems from the wrong direction so um, the authority was always the expert in the room rather than actually trying to understand what people needed right um, and it was at that point I thought okay so what what do I do if I don't want to carry on doing marketing what do I do next um, and I uh, thought user experience was a really good field to go into and the associated degrees with that are typically human computer interaction degrees right. um, and and so I did a sort of landscape scanning exercise of the different degrees available um, and found one at City University, which was absolutely awesome. Would highly recommend for anybody. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And um, the user, the UX, the term UX, did you come across that in the, in the marketing then? I yeah, so it was a term that I'd kind of encountered. It was buzzing around. Mm. Um, like, so if I, um, the, my first job was in quite a small, um, I guess, sat across like a, um, a product team and then also kind of a, an operational team and um, UX was a word that was used or a phrase that was used every so mm. often and then particularly in my next role it was something I came across a lot more and when I did training courses and that kind of thing I would often see marketing training and then you know a couple of rows down UX and it's oh, something wow. that I started to build a, a, an understanding of yeah and it sounded really interesting to me yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Although I will say this is bad. This is bad advice. Never, never follow this example. But I, um, <laughs> I chose the degree without probably knowing really a hundred percent absolutely everything that he, UX and HCI involved. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I reached out to you because I was like, this is a lot. I don't know what half the terms are in the in the degree course book. Um, so yeah, definitely do your research first. Um, and yeah. there's quite a, there's quite a few variations of in the HCI modules. I think as well. In different universities um great so you've done the marketing and you've done so you've done a uh, english degree went into marketing applied your skills um at what point did you realize actually my skills are better suited to ux or this skills that i want to develop are kind of like the ux skills um and the degree will give me it and what kind of skills do you think that a ux professional needs to kind of build up over time and develop over time be good at it be good yeah at it's a really, really really good question and i think um for me there were kind of two points where i had i guess like different degrees of realization so the first one was while i was doing um marketing at the marketing agency and it just felt a lot like there were lots of people there with brilliant expertise and had a lot to um, kind of contribute to the industry. But as a junior person in marketing, I felt as though often, at least in the environments I, I was in, I'm sure it's not absolutely true of, um, of all marketing jobs ever. Um, but I felt as though the um, like the clout was about kind of amassing knowledge. Um, and having lots of exposure to different things, which is true of all jobs, but there was no sense of, um, it's kind of like, so once you're the most senior person in the room, you have the most experience, then your opinion goes, um, you know the most, and there's kind of, there's no questioning that. Right. Um, whereas I think UX is obviously, UX and like UCD, user-centered design, hinge around understanding people and understanding what they need. So rather than the top down, I've got the most expertise, I've done this the longest, I'll tell you what we do. It was actually using um, kind of real needs from real people to be like okay so this is a product we could build based on this thing that people people clearly need um, and have have kind of demonstrated a need for yeah. um so that was the first time and i started i kind of had this notion of ux being something that was 
um, to do with like putting people at the centre of things and yeah. understanding understanding um, how um, how things work from a people centred or human centred perspective. Mm. And then during the degree, it was all I had such a fun time. It was really good. And the the thing I really like about City's degree is that it's quite practical. Um, mm. It has lots of theory, but it also gives you like lots of the assignments. Are, at least when I did it, can't I can't quote now. I might have changed, but um, yeah. lots of the assignments were kind of um, designed so that you would do them and submit them in the format of like a client report for example mm. um and i remember being in a there was a lecture called research methods and a research practice i can't remember what it was called it was called <laughs> rumpy i should know this yeah <laughs> and i remember it was um to prepare us for our final project and it was a lecture on qualitative research and mm. i sat there and i was like this is just music to my ears like i've enjoyed yeah. everything else a lot Aww. but this like oh my gosh this is absolutely what I want to be doing I love um, that I love yeah. it when you just like take a risk and then it pays off and you're like this is what I want I can feel it in my bones exactly yeah it was exactly that oh that's really good to hear um and what kind of skills did you gather from marketing that you learned in your previous job in marketing that you think uh, really help you out transition with transitioning into UX yeah, it's a really good question. So I think um, I think in terms of marketing, I think there's a lot of thinking about how to position something and and kind of what the USP is, um, and how um, and how a kind of a concept or a product or a service um, fits into the market. And I think um, that's something that's really valuable in UX. Mm. I think having there are some like really interesting cro- crossovers. So for example, um, particularly in kind of performance marketing, um, you might be looking. At analytics um, and that's obviously something you do in UX as well that's yeah. kind of the quant side of research or part yeah. of quant side research um, and so kind of there is that sort of um, tracking and tracing and like understanding I guess from marketing perspective it tends to be more like looking at your performance mm. um, and like a return on investment and that kind of thing it's much more kind of commerce oriented yes um, whereas UX, UX is more users yeah exactly. like is it are people getting what they need out of this yeah um, tell me about what I found really interesting with you is you work both in the public sector in the home office of the, in, in a UX uh, as a UX intern and then you've now moved into the private sector as well and in a, yeah, in a different sector in a private sector in a different sector so tell me about I guess let's start with your internship in the home office after your masters how was that? Yeah it was um, super 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 amazing and fantastic it was I know I keep saying this about everything but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly like the, the masters and the um, the program I was on at the home office as well both absolutely brilliant so the home office internship was really well structured um, it's designed so that you get a lot out of it as a junior person so lots of mentoring lots of um, you, you get a couple of qualifications well when I did it as well I'm not sure if this has changed you get a couple of qualifications I got one in agile and one in qualitative interviewing mm. um, so you get further qualified which is awesome mm-hmm. um, you get kind of exposure to this vast community of UCD professionals mm-hmm. um, and you get to partake in that and there there are lots of very good UCD practices both on a sort of team level and also Mm -hmm. across like different departments or portfolios so they have um, big sort of UCD wide show and tells and um, and that kind of thing so you meet people from different roles in different places and even across the government as well um, and you really get kind of get to see um, and draw on this this culture and this shared kind of community around 
UCD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What kind of projects did they let you do? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. So um, I have to, I think, um, be quite vague about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you're only getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so some of them I can talk about because they're public facing and they're public. So I worked on the EU settlement scheme, which is mm-hmm. really interesting um, and really valuable work um, because obviously it's a huge milestone for people who are hoping to stay in the UK. And it's about mm-hmm. making that process within the within the boundaries of you know a certain policy it's about making that process as easy as it can be for the people mm-hmm. applying um, and making sure that it's meeting their needs and that kind of thing which was great um, I also worked in a um, kind of in the law enforcement portfolio mm-hmm. um, uh, and that was really interesting as well kind of lots of work around um, kind of nationally used databases and things like that so mm-hmm. um, um, and that was that was particularly interesting because lots of these research was with um, kind of people in a professional capacity so I might be talking to someone who is a police officer or um, somebody who um, did betting or that kind of thing rather than members of the public. What was the user research like? I guess this essentially is what's the day-to-day or week-to-week like um, as a home office intern but I'm more interested as well in kind of how you actually run research within within home office because obviously like you mentioned with the um, police um, you probably had to do a bit of like uh, ethnographic research with that or to understand um, as well as doing kind of usability testing I suppose um, to test whatever it is that you have to build uh, and, and, and the designs as well um, so how what was that like as an intern yeah it's really good and actually it links really nicely back to the internship so the some of the goals um, there's a, there was a sort of um, set of goals as an intern that we were kind of aiming to meet and two of the main ones were having exposure to interviewing and uh, well having exposure to and mastering interviewing and usability testing so mm-hmm. two of the key methods in user research but then there are obviously yeah different different methods that get used so um doing ethnographies um contextual inquiry mm-hmm. doing surveys that kind of thing um and yeah it's one of those it's kind of like much it's it's gonna sound really boring but it's much like user research anywhere else in that um, you come to come to projects at different phases so maybe you join a project when it's in alpha or you might be starting with a discovery say and you just use methods appropriate to, to right. those phases of development yeah that, that's good to know um, because the, my other question and follow-up question for that was how did you find the transition from like academia and learning all of this theoretically even though the course what city was very practical how did you find the transition between putting all of that skills from academia to industry yeah it's a really good question um i was and and am but I was uh, really really lucky to have a fantastic um, mentor at the home office was full of full of brilliant people who were all fantastic mentors but um, the person who I worked with um, was really rigorous in her approach to user research and so she in some ways like the transition wasn't that distinct because um, what I think is um, I guess um, what stands out about academic or user research in the context of academia is that it tends to be quite rigorous um, and you do studies and you do them properly mm. versus sometimes in the real world that's not possible but I was working on somebody who made it as possible as it, as it could be um, and I guess the only difference was that it's you know sometimes it is slightly less rigorous you don't get all the time to do what you want to do and maybe yeah. the business can't just afford to you know spend money on you spending you know three months <laughs> just talking to people about what they say for example yeah what was the so, most yeah. challenging part of uh, uh, working in the home office it's a really good question um i what's the most challenging part let me have a thing i um i guess it's something that's not 
at all universal to the home office it was just mm. my first experience of it and it's that user-centered design is um and the kind of uh, component um, professions within that um doesn't always align with the vision that people have with um product development um particularly from the tech side so sometimes it's difficult to marry up um the technical development of a product or service with the ucd um and i think that was something that i had lots of help working through um but it was just uh, you know something that i got exposure to and it was great because it's i think it's really standard for the for the industry like trying mm. to advocate for user research and, and design yeah um, and make sure that you know your input is taken on board and used to make a product or service better and um, so i guess that was one of the one of the things that was um tricky yeah and tell me about so you've done the home office internship tell me about how you've landed the role now the current role in this company social yeah, finance so, yeah social finance so it's um kind of as i mentioned i don't know if i actually said it or just thought it but um, <laughs> the, the home office role is um it's kind of it's called an internship but it's, it's definitely like an entry-level role but it's almost a bit of a, a misnomer it's like a, a fast track thing um mm-hmm. because you get so much mentoring and like actual like um kind of academic almost development mm-hmm. that you it kind of you start at a certain point and you get out of it and you're like this is i've learned like two years worth of stuff in one year mm-hmm. um and everybody who comes out of it is very kind of well regarded and um and kind of it's definitely seemed to be a program that um helps people get developing their skills really quickly and, and yeah a thorough degree and so that kind of put me because moving into like a um a new role about a year on is um i guess lots of people do do that to be fair i'm not unique in that but i think basically what i'm saying is that the um the home office experience gave me um so much exposure and so much learning that i was able to kind of set myself apart maybe from other people and uh, take that experience and move on with it um it helps also that social finance works we are a private organization but we um work in the public sector as well so we do some of our projects are for local and central government and so that experience from the home office was obviously really valuable to be able to take to um to social finance mm-hmm. and can you talk me through kind of a I, I, it's difficult i always ask this question but can you talk me through kind of a typical day or week for for a user researcher at your current role yeah it's um that's such a good question and such a like a nice one to talk about i think i'll take the week rather than the day because my days vary so much but, <laughs> um at the minute so i'm the um only user researcher at social finance at the minute and so i've got the brilliant and really exciting opportunity to develop the practice yeah um for kind of yeah yeah and so we have we have lots of people who are generalists um and i feel like almost calling them generalists isn't fair because they're so amazing at what they do and they just have so many different skills but I'm kind of one of the um I guess one of the slightly fewer specialists Mm. and so I'm there to do user research whereas people might be a business analyst in one project and then go on and be a delivery manager in another Mm. project Um, and so I spend about at the minute I spend about half of my week doing practice development so on what day are we Wednesday so yesterday I um I delivered so Monday and yesterday I was preparing and then delivering training on user research ethics which was really Mm. exciting 
exciting um, and that was um, really well attended and um, and it's something that I think we're going to share more widely across the company mm. um, so it's great to be able to kind of be setting, yeah, setting precedence for that kind of thing and then the rest of the week is working on a project so um, I'm yeah doing that at the minute which is really exciting um, I'm trying to think about how much I can say about it but basically I'm just working with a local authority to understand um, their needs for a an open data platform which is fantastic yeah and do you tend to um, get involved in a lot of like latest technology or are you more seeing how certain technologies can fit into specific like le- uh, legacy systems or anything like that because I think with UX it's so broad and as a user researcher you kind of need to know well actually one might argue you don't really need to know that much before you interview your users but how how do you approach when you're interviewing um, and you're running your research do you want to know their situation already or do you tend to want to listen to them more and them to teach you yeah it's a really good question and I think it depends um such a user research answer like it just depends yeah it depends depends on the project so the the current one that I'm on because we're looking at open data platforms that's quite a technical domain yeah um and actually for me to have uh, meaningful and insightful conversations with people I need to know about it myself mm, mm-hmm. and that includes things like um, definitions and so what open data is versus closed data understanding technologies like smart cities um, and the data collected from internet of things devices um, and so yeah kind of on a project like this I um, try to take the time to upskill myself and educate educate myself in the domain so that I'm having um, kind of our conversation the conversations I have with people aren't just us reinventing the wheel and then them explaining to me what the domain is about um, but us me kind of actually being able to access and understand the things that they need um, and then yeah it, it just depends um, yeah. I think I probably never come to a project without some degree of um, kind of immersing myself in the domain but yeah like for example with public facing projects um it's a lot less important because if you're trying to understand how somebody um you know if, if for example i'm coming to a project that's in in beta so it's already been developed and researched um and i'm just seeing how somebody uses it and that person is a member of the public i need um to some degree less expertise around them mm. i may mainly just need to understand their needs but i maybe don't need to understand kind of any sort of specific technical domain to do that i can just kind of see how they interact with yeah. the product and what are the main differences in working with the home office and uh with social finance now yeah it's a really good noticed. question both in both in i guess the culture uh well not culture necessarily but both in the nature of the work of the user research work and how you do ux because obviously one's public one's private um although i guess the projects there might be some similarities because you do work with public facing projects in both yeah so i think um i suppose one big difference it's like there are there are strengths to both ways ways things happen so in the home office my experience was that you had um teams of people who worked on quite specific things or across different portfolios so maybe you you were working in immigration for example um or in, in law enforcement and um and then within those areas there were these vast kind of repositories of knowledge built up about user needs and so there was intense and like um really deep understanding of domains and users mm. um and you would kind of draw on that and work with people around you to draw on that and add to that um but you maybe would be less broad so you would um, you would typically only um 
because actually as part of the scheme that I was on, I got to move around a bit, which was fantastic. But typically you get a job in a specific portfolio at the home office. So you might work in immigration, for example. Mm. And um, and that's where your job is based. It's not always true. Um, it can it can change. But um, um, uh, I think what that means is you might like if I'd got gone to um, the home office and I'd gone in as a, you know, a user researcher in immigration, I maybe wouldn't have then moved to policing and seen seen that breadth of knowledge. And I guess the difference at, um, well, it's a, it's a really, I should say, it's, it's such a huge strength because if you're working in an area where there's lots of um, information that um, kind of interacts with uh, similar types of information, mm. then you become really expert in that and you have a much better um, kind of knowledge of your users, which I think is a really, a really good thing and such a strength when it comes to user research. Um, on the flip side, in the private sector, because the way we work is on a sort of project by project basis, um, I it's still kind of sort of across lots of public sector things mostly, although we do some non-public sector stuff too. Um, but I um, I'm kind of switching domain really quickly, so I, I might right. do a project. Yeah. that's like about um young people leaving care and then i might do a project where i'm looking at open data platforms for a local authority um, yeah. and there are lots of different projects in different kind of places um and also because i um kind of advise across different projects as well in a not in the sense that i'm kind of actually based in that team but i might kind of have a conversation with someone and talk about user research approaches yeah i get a lot of exposure in lots kind of much more intense and shorter bursts to different yeah. domains so I'm learning a lot more but probably not as deeply as if I was staying in one place and building up a really really deep knowledge of one specific kind of user group or a set of specific yeah. user group. Did that take a while to get used to that kind of context switching so quickly because I can imagine that you know with the home office well maybe not maybe in I think coming from this is something I've heard before that when you come from like an agency environment where you have a portfolio <laughs> of clients um, and you have to do that context switching very quickly and then you go in-house and it's like you work on one project for a really long time um that must there might be some yeah probably took a while to get used to it yeah absolutely it was um I didn't want to say it was culture shock because it wasn't a culture shock um Mm. central finance is amazing and they were great at onboarding and um I feel like I had a really clear view of the work before I started um but yeah it's definitely different it's um I think it's really easy particularly as someone like when I was you know um when I came to the home office, I was quite new there in terms of user research and, and UCD. I'd just done a degree. Um, and so it's kind of like my first job post, post masters. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to be able to sit in kind of one area for six months and then move on to something else in a sort of, and stay there kind of for that length of time and spend like all of my time focusing on that thing because it felt quite, I guess, like quite safe and reassuring. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> in my user research, I like the more, time I can spend getting to know something the more comfortable I feel yeah and the more I feel like I speak with authority about it so yeah. that was really nice and it's definitely a bit like I think it's a bit it can be a bit of a female thing as well yeah because I know we strive for perfection it's a really bad thing <laughs> like, exactly and like I know I know if I you know if I take a sec and like take stock I'm like I'm really good at that sounds really wanky you know what I mean I'm good at yeah what I do. exactly I'm competent I'm skilled yeah Exactly. And then, and I have to remind myself of that, I think when I'm context switching more, because I'm like, I might not be really familiar with this context, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. Like, I have all the skills that I need to be able to address this and do it well. I definitely have that now with, um, with, with working in an agency. It's a lot of picking things up and then really, really quickly 
and getting really comfortable with uncertainty, which I struggle with a lot. Um, I'm quite risk averse. So <laughs> yeah, it does, it does take a while <laughs> to get used to. Um, yeah. And what have been your biggest lessons in, in the two UX roles that you've, you've done so far? So with the whole Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, what have been my biggest lessons? Um, I think so in terms of, I guess there are two lessons that are kind of, diametrically opposed to each other but both valid and they can sit um, <laughs> with each other so one I think is I guess for somebody if I'm thinking about career progression and development I think early on in your career it's really helpful to have um, structure and rigor around the work that you do and that can come from training that can come from having a really good mentor it can come from being on a specific graduate program but I think when you're really getting to know your domain area it's helpful to have um like really deep insight so that you get to grips with it properly and you know you can like you know when you ask questions like should i do an interview or should i do a survey you can answer that with authority um and then i think another learning i would have is that kind of as we were just touching on like don't be afraid to um also embrace change and being put in situations you're uncomfortable or maybe don't feel familiar with because i think you grow most when you're outside of your comfort zone and um being able to get to grips with something really quickly and proving to yourself that you can is really important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I agree with all of that. I think it's, uh, it takes some, a while to get used to, especially if you're, you're a perfectionist and you're like kind of organizing and planning ahead. Um, it takes a, it, it does take a while to get used to all the uncertainty. Um, and one of my other questions would be, what was your biggest achievement so far or the, the the thing that you're most proud of so far that's a really good question um oh it's it's, it's hard to... <laughs> this is why i gave yeah. you ahead. <laughs> um i think so i think the i'm gonna say two things oh yeah go for it be happy okay. in your achievements share yeah. it to the world I just I think one because it's so fresh um I'm really so I did some the the ethics training that I mentioned I did um prepared that and then uh, gave the training yesterday and I'm really proud of doing that um it's definitely come from a place where I've experienced really good training myself um both in terms of ethics at during my degree and um at the home office and so I was able to kind of draw on that knowledge and and kind of bring bring it to social finance and I think it's a really important part of user research so I'm really glad that I was able to do that and it went down really well as well which I'm really happy about um and then I think the other thing is that I got some really nice feedback when I was at the home office um it's about to get a bit meta bear with me and the feedback was that I was good at taking feedback um and actually putting that into process and it made me reflect on and realize how important it is how nice it is to get good feedback but also how important um and how valuable like thoughtful and constructive criticism or feedback is and and kind of i guess a realization around the fact that um like to be successful you really need somebody kindly saying to you hey you could do this better yeah absolutely Um, and it, it takes again coming back to like the perfectionist piece if you're a perfectionist it's very easy to take feedback quite personally. Um, and it does take a while to get used to it, especially when you're junior, when everything is, you're already kind of quite insecure. You've already like battling all the imposter syndrome and, and self-doubt, um, which is, again, is, uh, is, is a huge problem. Um, and then having to be comfortable with, you know, constructive feedback and not take it as negative feedback that, that you should take personally, I think. So that's really good. Um, and well done on the public speaking and training because I think that's always really scary 
um, especially when it's all of your colleagues and it's, was it recorded? It wasn't recorded. I, I did think about it, but I thought, yeah, I thought first one, maybe not. And I will say it was definitely easier because I do struggle with public speaking, but it was definitely easier doing it through a webcam, I think, because it made it feel like I was just <laughs> in a room and chilling out. And everyone's, you know, everyone's really lovely. And I think when you've got a nice audience, it makes it easier, doesn't it? So, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I hope that the, the computer wasn't, you know, didn't die on you or anything like that. <laughs> cut out twice. <laughs> I hope you had oh gosh <laughs> classic um classic that's okay though because like imagine if you needed to take a break or a breather you can just be like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> exactly you could just blame yeah. it on the internet connection <laughs> give you time to breathe um the other well one of the last well last two more questions the first question would be if you could give advice to anyone who's in their final year, either of their bachelor's or their master's or a PhD, uh, what kind of advice would you give to them as they embark on the world of work? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Um, I would, what advice would I give someone? I think I would suggest having a plan is good but not one that you are so wedded to that if it doesn't happen it's upsetting because I think mm. like having a steer on what you want to do and where you want to go is really helpful and actively kind of heading towards that and taking steps towards that is really good but I think also remaining really open-minded to the fact that something might just come your way and yeah. um well I think you often make your own opportunities. So if you are engaging and trying to find opportunities, I think things start coming your way more often and keeping an open mind to what's happening. Um, Cause I, you know, I definitely, when I was in the application, I was reflecting earlier when I was chatting to my, my partner that when I was in the application stages of the home office, because I, I wasn't internal to the home office at that stage mm -hmm. and I didn't know um, all I really saw was bad press and I wasn't really aware of what, you know, good work the home office did. I definitely had a bit of a, you know, in the, in the application stages, I thought, oh, is this, is this the right thing for me? Um, you know, does it align with my values? But actually, I am really glad I took that chance and, and you know, despite only seeing bad press, went for it because there is, um, you know, absolutely, I can understand why there's criticism in the Home Office, but from the internal perspective, there's lots of really good work that happens and people really, you know, really, um, really good people who have, um, who want to do good things for, for the nation doing good work in the Home Office. Um, I think that's so, like, great as well that you're the kind of person that asks whether the thing you're applying for aligns with your values because I think that's where I think that's a really really good question to start from the start because a lot of people they they just apply you know like you know the game like when you're when you're in the final year and everyone's getting graduate jobs and you're like I need to get a job <laughs> what am I gonna do when I graduate and everyone's just applying to the same companies but not really asking you know what does this align with my values have I reached out to people do, does it is this the work that I actually want to do because then once you get in and you don't like it you end up leaving because it didn't align with your values to kind of work in the kind of values that the company stand for so I think that's that's a really good point that you should that's a really good question to ask mm. um, so to finish um, what do you envision your career to be in the future where do you envision going yeah I am um, I keep reflecting on this because I'm <laughs> I know this doesn't sound make me sound very successful but I think I'm someone 
a realization that I've had over my career, both in terms of marketing and now in, um, in user research and UX. And I, I will caveat it and say, I think it's or part of the reason that I think it's a joint realization is because I think it's sort of something that's come with age bizarrely. But I think that, um, I was never, I've never been the kind of person who's like, Oh, I want to, you know, I see myself as head of something or, mm. you know, this or that or the other. Um, I've always felt, especially when I was a bit younger, I was like, Oh, the idea of being, you know, like head of UX is terrifying and I never want to be that because it's too much responsibility and, <laughs> and that kind of thing but actually as I've kind of progressed through my career a bit I've, I've realized that I think I'm, that kind of ambition for me at least comes not from uh, necessarily wanting to ascend really highly or, or rapidly kind of for myself but actually because I get to a place where I sort of think I could I like to think you know I could be hopefully a good manager and a good manager of managers and make a good work culture and make sure that people get value from the work that they're doing because they're empowered to do their work well mm. um and so I guess it's a roundabout way of saying um kind of in the future I'd really like to see myself as like a head of user research mm. or even like a head of UCD somewhere um because I'm quite genuinely quite passionate about kind of empowering people to do yeah um work that's meaningful to them um and making kind of work cultures that are enjoyable to be a part of and people mm. feel are valuable and that's a really really great ambition and I think the value behind that ambition is really great so yeah um well thank you so much for your time that wraps up the episode and i hope that you've enjoyed it and people know what user researchers do now i hope so i'm not sure i've made it anywhere but yeah and how to get into user research if you got to the end of this episode and feel like you want to find your career calling check out fycareercalling.com where I can help you gain clarity and confidence in your next step. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend. Because friends, life is too short. Find what you love.